welcome back to another episode of Tales from Suburbia. I'm Ashley. I'm Melinda. <laughs> I oh, just got to get it out. Just got to get funny. it out. All right. And today we're going to be talking about our Zodiac charts, some astrology. Now, I'm no expert, but I am a fan. So I've, I watch a lot of content. I've bought books read a lot of articles and I just, I get into modes, hyperfixations. again, could be autistic. I'm just saying I have a lot of the markers and I am a female. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows what we have that we were not diagnosed with because here was the night society. So we're going to look at uh, our Zodiac charts and this may be a, a two-part episode. We're not sure. We're going to see how it goes, but Melinda is starting to understand astrology. She, she does like pick up on stuff, but also I had to kind of bring a hard truth. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. To Melinda. I I forgot you were probably going to see this. (laughs) She had an identity crisis this year because over the summer, Ashley's crushing dreams. I Melinda's entire life. She thought she was a Sagittarius. And then, and I did too, because she is right on the cusp. And then I started learning more about astrology and I was like, "Mm, okay, cusps aren't real, I guess. And you either are something or you aren't something. And so we looked it up or I looked it up in my own time. And I was like, oh, holy shit, Melinda's a Capricorn. And (laughs) I kept trying to tell her this and she was like, but I'm a cusp sign. I'm, I'm not a cusp. So the, she was going by the day. So in astrology. Uh, times matter, exact times matter. So if you don't know your exact time of birth, it can really affect your entire chart, including your sun sign. So Melinda's sun sign would have is Capricorn, but she in her entire life thought she was a Sag. But hey, it makes sense still because she's a Sag moon. Mm-hmm. And also, what are you? You are a oh, and a Sag Mercury, and mm-hmm. you have a Sag Uranus, and so you have a stellium of Sagittarius. So when that happens, the more of, of a sign that you have, whether it's your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising, whatever, if you have a stellium, which is three or more of the same sign in um, your chart, then you exhibit those characteristics more than you would others. So it makes sense to me. So technically, yeah, your sun sign is a Capricorn, which also makes sense to me. But you have qualities of a Sagittarius. So it's still the same. You're still the the you that you know. I it's don't just- know, man. It was a it was a <laughs> it was a situation for a couple of days. And I was in denial, I think. But then things started making sense. Like when you're starting the ending of a conspiracy theory, maybe you finally get all the clues together. Yeah. And all the dots are connecting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I, I, okay, fine. I feel seen now. However, it was really difficult um, because, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to get a Sagittarius tattoo. Glad I never did that. That would have, the the universe works in, you know, mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. But I mean, key features of what Sagittarius are known for, besides being fiery, because I am fiery. Mm -hmm. uh, I do like to travel, but like, I'd rather be home. Yeah. Like, you know, so like, or like life of the party stuff, like I have to like amp myself up to get to that point. Yeah. So Melinda's a 
her son is an earth sign Capricorn. Her husband's also a Capricorn son. So which makes a lot of sense to me in the sense of like, so earth signs are supposed to be with either earth signs or water signs. And uh, (laughs) my daughter is the water sign. (laughs) And um, I debate that constantly because sometimes she is a roller coaster of emotions (laughs) that I don't know what to do. Yeah. And some people believe that your moon you should look for compatibility within your moon signs rather than your sun signs because your moon sign is kind of how your internal thoughts work like how Mm -hmm. you process feelings how you process day-to-day stuff um internally so if your moon signs are compatible that means you're processing similarly Mm. my husband's moon sign and my moon sign I don't, some people, okay. Some people believe that like they are compatible, like kind of like opposites attract thing. Mm-mm. And, <laughs> and the reason is because my husband's an Aries moon and I'm a Virgo moon. <laughs> so Aries are known as the child of the Zodiac and Virgos are known as the mothers of the Zodiac. So it would make sense why those two signs would be attracted in a sense to one another like they're both uh adding something that the other's lacking if that makes yeah sense. i was just about to say you're fulfilling a need right so like he which maybe... would probably come with frustration <laughs> <laughs> he probably needs a little bit more help like being down to earth you know processing things uh because that's what earth signs are known for especially virgo they're very analytical um because they're ruled by mercury so there's a lot of thought that goes into my thoughts. We've talked about this before on the podcast, <laughs> uh, but Aries are not. They're the first sign in the Zodiac and they're very into initial, um, whatever their initial thought or initial, uh, what is it called? Your first instinct, right? Oh, Aries are about the first instinct thought. Okay. okay. Not about okay, well, that's one thought. Let me think about a few others. No, no, no. It's the first choice. So this makes sense. My mom is a Virgo. My dad's an Aries. Okay. See, look at that. That's what I'm saying. They're not supposed to go together, but I'm telling you for whatever reason, it's like they end up together in some way, shape or form. So, (laughs) um, I think it is though. I think it, I mean, I guess you could kind of look at it as a codependency. I think it could get there for some people. I don't, I don't feel codependent on my husband, uh, but that's also because I am the earth person yeah. in the relationship. And I also have a lot of fire in my chart. So I think that's another reason we kind of go together, but he, he does have fire and water and I have mm. earth and fire, not a lot of air between us, um, which is good. I think, cause I have enough logical and like processing to, for the both of us, but anyway, so I need to look at cams. I feel like cam is like just earth. Like he's, he's a lot of, earth. no, he has a lot of water. What? He has a lot of water in his sign. He does. And, oh, in his, he does have a lot of water. Cause he's a Scorpio rising. I think when we looked at his, his chart and I think he's a Scorpio Venus. I could be wrong about that, but okay. So know. let's go through. So your sun sign, which everyone assumes is like when, when we talk about signs, right? Like I'm a, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Capricorn, whatever it is. That's the sign in which the sun was positioned when you were born, right? Ooh, mm-hmm. So the day 
the day that you were born, it's normally those date, those windows of time. When you look up your sign, that is your sun sign. Okay. Most people look at the sun sign as like your main personality, like kind of what you show to, out to the world. And then your moon sign is like I said, your internal that's where the moon was positioned. That's why the time's kind of important. Yeah. Um, that makes sense to me now. And then, <clears throat> and then, cause the moon has, you know, whatever the, the cycle is, it's, you know, a few days, whatever. And then it moves into a different sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you have your mercury, which is your, um, communication style because mercury rules communication. And then you have Venus which is obviously how you love or how you are attracted to a person, like how you process those feelings. Um, Mars, which is kind of your fighting style. Okay. How you are in arguments, but it can also be kind of how you are in passionate situations and in sex and things like that. So it's that style. So you have the love, but then you also have the, you know, the physical part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you do engage with someone right physically and then there's other planets that go into it but those are almost like generational planets so there's um like we're melinda and i are part of the scorpio generation or sorry pluto and scorpio so pluto changes um every i think it's a little less than a decade i want to say like nine years or so so it could be more i don't know listen again i'm not an expert okay but um, normally we would have the same Pluto, Neptune, cause those are generational planets and signs. Okay. Now the most important that people say is your ascendant, your rising sign, because mm-hmm. that is what sets up your birth chart. That is your, the, the ruler of your first house. I think mine's Leo, right? Yours is Leo. So people say that your rising sign, um, is your physical appearance, your physical attributes. So why you look the way you look. So Melinda is a Leo rising and she has a mane, right? She has beautiful, luscious hair. She always has. So that would go along with that. Now it's not always the case for some people. Like I'm going to give you an example. I'm a Sag rising. So is Kim Kardashian. Do we look alike? No. Um, (laughs) I would not say, (laughs) but they are, I think, I mean, there may be things about sad risings that I have, but, uh, in terms of the physical attributes, I don't know if I necessarily identify with sad risings, but sorry, everyone. um, But when you look at my chart, the the sad is kind of on a cusp situation too. So maybe that's why, but, um, what are the, what are the attributes for the Sagittarius? For, for rising or for other. Parts? Yeah. For like, the rising okay. just cause you like made the comparison. Okay. So maybe I identify more as Sagittarius than Kim does, but well, okay. I think in certain regards she does. So it says physically speaking, Sagittarius ascended people are very strong, which I am very strong. Mm-hmm. If anyone's received a massage for me, like my hands are very strong and like um, nice grip. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand. I, I, it doesn't feel strong to me, but okay. Tall or very tall in most cases. So I am, I would say I'm taller than the average. Yeah. You're tall. Um, I mean, she's I'm short, tall. right? She's yeah. She's like feet. five foot nothing. I would say, yeah, she's but feet. it says uh, with full and open features. I don't know what that means, but I do have like 
Does that mean like rounded? A round like, face. face. But open? I don't know. I don't. Somebody please explain I that don't to know. us. And then often smiling lips and thick hair. And um, they radiate energy and charm. So I don't know. I guess they're supposed to have like bright and sunny dispositions and just be like a likable type person. I don't have that. But also, again, <laughs> I have a lot of earth in my chart. So I think the RBF takes over. Like the earth sign on my face just takes over. There was a teacher passing me the other day and she was like, I was just walking into my room. I, I think I was like kind of squinting because the sun was in my eyes and she just looks at me and she's like, you and so-and-so always have this, the, these looks on your face. <laughs> it's <laughs> called resting bitch face. I said, I said, it's my RBF. It's like, she's like, I like it. I was like, okay. She's also a tourist though. So oh. I would say like Kim probably has, she also like does like RBF though. She's a Libra um, son, I believe. I feel like a lot of like people have RBF. Yeah. Well, she, she doesn't smile because she says like, I don't want wrinkles. She just want wrinkles. So well, sometimes when smile. I'm providing therapy, you know, uh, mm-hmm. through telehealth, I'll like be looking at my client, but then like, I'll catch myself like in my monitor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, that's what my face looks like. like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like nobody ever told me. <laughs> So I I have to be super conscious about it. It also says that Sag, Sag risings are cheerful, outgoing, independent, and uplifting. I feel like I identify with that. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. But you, okay. So Leo rising appearance. Yeah. (laughs) A Leo ascendant woman looks like a diva. Yes. There's nothing that's off about these ladies. They have a slim body that is further refined by glorious long neck and flawless fair to pinkish skin. Well, they, have pinkish big bold, skin. they have big bold cat-like eyes and sexy long legs. So here's the thing. Lies. <laughs> this is why I don't subscribe to the looks part of the ascendant. Minus the hair. Because these standards were based in a Anglo- centered view yeah i mean i have olive skin yeah <laughs> so when these, skin. <laughs> when these things were written i think they were thinking about white people and so that's 100%. why i don't always look at or you know i'm not married to the idea of the rising being your appearance i think mm-hmm. it also is just like you have these qualities um that i think some people who maybe don't know you as well would perceive right so um I think the outgoing part most people think and I don't think I'm outgoing but I think when I go to work people think that I'm outgoing because I'm always out there doing things um putting on a face in front of classes and Mm -hmm. speaking to people I hate talking to people but it's my literal job so that's what I'm saying I think there's a (laughs) conflict between you know what my it's like your ego and your super ego right like there's just like this conflict of how people perceive you versus how you perceive yourself or how you would want to be perceived yeah we all do that though uh I think we all do that as far as I know we all have like an outward self and then like an inner self you know what I mean yeah in general like how you present especially if you're like in a field where you have to be social yeah you have like a, an on persona if that makes sense yeah it's exhausting 
if you're not really truly that inside, yes, it's very exhausting. I was talking to someone at, at my job who we work together, but we're not, he, he does not work at my site. And, mm-hmm. but uh, we've always gotten along and I was telling him like, yeah, man, it's just been like a really busy year. And like these, these issues that I'm having, like I'm having more crazier issues that I've ever had before, even though like these, these cases are just like wild. And, and I was like, I'm tired, man. Like I'm an introvert. He's like me too. It's so exhausting. Like, you know, working in mental health, mm-hmm. it's for introverts. I, I don't know why we punish ourselves, quite frankly. I don't I should... like know why we get called to something <laughs> like that <laughs> instead of like instead of like IT or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a librarian. That would have yeah. been a sweet spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I would have loved that. Right. Why? <laughs> Maybe because like we know, and this ties into astrology too, like you have a life's purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's supposedly written in your chart, what your life's purpose is. But I think if you were just all one way, if you only gave into your comforts, mm-hmm. then you're going to be stuck in there and you're never going to move on to the next phase. So if you believe in like past lives or whatever, if you're only staying within what you are comfortable with, then how are you ever going to move to the next level of that process? So maybe that's why we're drawn to that. Like it's a lesson. We have it's an to elevation of, of it's an elevation an like, evolution. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like we level up. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be on this earth, learn some new things and level up and hopefully try and get to that, whatever, like, you know, if we're in 2d now get to 3d, whatever that belief system is. Right. I mean, there's the like next so realm. many thought beliefs like around that. Like if you're going into like your next life, how many lives have you had? Like, yeah, they even say like the number of kids you have yeah. is like, you know, you have the more lives ahead of you. If you have like a boy or a girl or like you were given a girl or a boy or whatever for different lessons. And I'm all like, I guess mine's patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I think we have a lot of lessons to learn, but I think depending on where, where you are, if you look at the birth chart, it'll just tell you a different place to focus those energies in. So that makes sense. You are, like I said, you Sagittarius moon and a Sagittarius Mercury. Now Sagittarius moons, my daughter is one. My mother is one. Mm -hmm. Apparently my best friend is one. Mm -hmm. So I'm surrounded by them. Mm. And I think overall what I've gotten is that also Donald Trump is a Sagittarius moon. Sorry to break that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, so it's a good episode, example. No. <laughs> it's a good example of they do not think before they speak. That's most Sagittarius is. If you have a lot yeah. of Sagittarius in your, in your chart, yeah. you are just going to have a thought and then speak it. You are blunt people. You are firm in your belief systems. They tend to be spiritual people in general. They are adventurous people. They're curious people. They have a thirst for knowledge. Mm -hmm. So if you have Sagittarius in your chart, especially heavy, you probably are into, um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be like new age spiritualism. It's just, if you believe in something, you believe in it really, really hard, or you want to gain more knowledge about that, that Uh thing. So you're constantly kind of searching and they're known as the, the travelers, right. Of the Zodiac. Like they, that's because they have this thirst to know more. 
to travel, to not settle down. Like they, and I think that's where we I kind of like have that back and forth. What I can identify with, with that is a restlessness. Yeah. I get restless, like super fast. If I'm learning new stuff and I learn it and I become competent in it. And then I turn around because I want to learn things really, really fast. And then once I learn it, I become competent and then I want to teach people. Mm -hmm. And then once I've taught people then I'm like, okay, my mission has been completed. Yeah. And then I, if I'm stuck in that space, I feel restless. I have, that's like how my brain works. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of signs in the fifth house. So you have your sun, your moon, your Mercury, your Uranus, and your Neptune all in the fifth house, which is a lot. You were explaining to me about houses. That's like a whole nother. Thing. Yes. So the fifth house, um, it says it's associated with the sun and Leo. So because each sign has a, a ruling sign, like a ruling planet. And so if you have your sun and Leo, like you're, it's known as being exalted because that's your natural ruler. Right. Oh, okay. So if I had my Venus in Taurus, that would be exalted. I, however, do not. I have it in the opposite of exaltation. So <laughs> it's not real, not a great, it's an instant, it's in its detriment is what it's called. Okay. So the house, the fifth house is the house of self-expression. That's probably why Leo rules it naturally. Mm-hmm. Cause Leo is about being out there and expressing and just being showy, right? Like the sun, mm-hmm. the sun's always shining. Mm-hmm. So is a Leo. And mm-hmm. you happen to have your rising and your sun, you know, in, in that, that space. Yeah. So, um, this is where we develop our, our self-expression and joy in life. Well, let me correct it. Your, your rising is your first house, but I'm saying that your rising is kind of exalted. It's because it matches the ruler of that house. If that makes any sense. Oh, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so this, this book, which is the complete guide to astrology, understand your birth chart for, by Louise Eddington. It says, I always think of the fifth house and the soul's development as the teenager, the adolescent <laughs> and the place where we begin to shine our light in the world, where we develop self-consciousness. This is the realm of children, fun, joie de vivre. It's where we take up hobbies and sports, where we learn to play. And it's the first of the relationship houses because it's where we find love affairs. Your performing ability and your life stage are reflected in the fifth house. Um, it says an emphasis in this house would normally indicate someone drawn to the creative arts and someone who approaches the world in a joyful way. Mm-hmm. So because you have a stellium and so many planets in that house, um, it would be a, a large focus for you, probably a, almost like a life's purpose if that's where all your attention is mm-hmm. or going. So, so family, relationships, creativity. This makes sense to me, but the, <laughs> I, I mean, like, and then the fact that she said it's like the teenager, like house that would explain like the restlessness and like trying to like figure things out too. Yeah. Cause that's such like a interesting time in like development. Wow. This is, I feel like this explains a lot about who I am. <laughs> All right. So let me get to your needle chart report. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're all learning a lot today. They, they, it goes into a lot of things about Capricorns. If you're not aware, which I think everyone, I would hope everyone is like, 
there's different modalities. There's cardinal, mutable, and fixed. Um, there's also fixed, sorry, earth, water, air, and fire, right, within the zodiac. So Capricorns are an earth sign. Earth signs are not maybe because I grew up around earth signs I was like chill with earth signs but as I got older and maybe because my husband's a water sign Mm -hmm. I think I started to learn that earth signs are very detached Mm -hmm. just more analytical more in their own space in their own minds and it's really hard to I would say even though Capricorn is not a fixed sign and Virgo is not a fixed sign um, I think Capricorn is a cardinal sign and Virgo is a mutable sign but obviously in Taurus is fixed. I just think that earth signs tend to be fixed in general in the sense of like stubbornness. I think stubbornness. Because we have our feet on the ground. We're like, we're here guys. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but we're here. (laughs) I feel like it's stubbornness and the craving of stability. Mm -hmm. Like if you disrupt like my stable environment, I don't know how to deal with you. Like I've curated my life as in like everything I've always tried to do is like make my life stable. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like big moves in my life, even Mm -hmm. though when I do big moves, I do them all at the same time. (laughs) But um, yeah, like all it takes me a while to like move either way. Cause I'm always thinking things through. And then sometimes if things don't go the way I thought they would, then I kind of get fixated on the fact that I make a mistake on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But- because like Capricorns are known as the, the workhorses, right? Like I think all earth signs they're, they're into work, but in different ways. So Capricorns, and they tend to have a, they struggle early in childhood. There's like normally something that happens early in childhood that makes them kind of form this identity around hard work, right? Like they're, they're hard workers, survivors, they're going to push through on their own terms. Um, and they value that I probably, because if you look from a psychological standpoint, it's like the sense of control. I have control over this. Mm -hmm. I know how to do this job. So it's the one thing I I can put my energy into and I know I'm going to get the output that I want. Mm -hmm. So because of that early childhood trauma, then they have that, you know, need to kind of, I was wondering just cause it, cause my husband is also an earth sign and in career wise, like if he, cause we were both like, you know, are in a certain life path career wise mm-hmm. and stuff like that. If we've gone through all that, we did everything we did. We've done it for a while now, mm-hmm. but like you get to that point and you're like, is this what I wanted to do forever? <laughs> like you hit that wall. Like, yeah. I wonder if, because we had so, we had to control so much when we were younger that when we get to like almost our forties, we're like, fuck. I would assume that if you are a Capricorn, especially you would choose a job that makes absolute sense in stability. What I mean by that is you're choosing a job that, you know, isn't going to go somewhere. Yeah. Like mine and his jobs aren't going to go anywhere. That aren't going to go anywhere because it's, it's predictable in that sense. You need that stability. So I would assume that now, once you get into one of those predictable and stable jobs, you might have a moment of clarity of like, what, why? 
<laughs> or what, what am I doing this for? I will quit a job. <laughs> Right. I quit a job. But you know that because I don't want to deal with the certain things. Right. But you know, in your field, it's you're not going to struggle to find another job. No, I could have many jobs. Right. Like a week or two. If I in my field. And I did not go into a field. I think I, I more so went into a field that suits the needs of my rising sign of Sagittarius of, of educating people. That's, yes. You know, um, mm. But also, because your rising sign can predict your 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 profession, but also if you look to the 10th house, the 10th house is supposed to predict um, or be the sign in which your natural abilities uh, for a job would present themselves. So um, I am a Libra. So uh-huh. my main skill or how people see me in my profession is not uh, is to be um what a non-biased, right? I was just about to say balance, balance, yeah. right? So people believe that about me. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. At my job, because if I'm, I'm working with kids, I presented this month about, you know, what my job is. Right. And part of what I say is um, we do a true and false, like, I want you to be honest or, or I care about you, whatever. Right. And we talk about trust. I'm like, if I didn't care, this job would be so effing hard. Like, yeah, if I didn't care, how would I get you guys to trust me? If I was just like, whatever, tell me your problems. I don't care. I have to present myself as wanting to help you wanting to figure this out with you, building that rapport and, and you knowing I'm not judging you. Mm -hmm. I have to be balanced in my job because if I'm not kids will see right through that and they won't open up to me. So I think that's where you look for kind of like your natural skills in a job. Mm -hmm. There's other, like there's a, you know, there's houses for each aspect of your life. So I think that because you guys are the lives that you've had and I, and I know, you know, their lives because I know Melinda and obviously I have been told things about Cam's early life, early childhood. Mm -hmm. I think that it's partly the struggle you're used to struggling. You're used to working hard. You're used to just like getting it through. But I think again, you reach a certain point in your life where you're just like, for what? Yes. <laughs> for what I have, because you reach, but, but that's the thing about Capricorn. You reach that point And then you're like, I'm going to tack on another thing and I'm going to work hard at that. It Which is why stop. I'm exploring like the creative side of like my personality now with other things that I'm venturing into. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't stop. I'm always yeah. like, okay, let's put this on here. Let's try this. Let's see this. Or let me get like, um, certified in like this type of modality or like, it's never like, I'm never done. Right. Yeah. And that's like kind of the, the burden of earth people because <laughs> and earth signs, because work is the center kind of of our lives or stability. I guess I should say stability is the center of an earth science life. I would say stability because I, that word just holds so much power over me. Mm -hmm. Like the thought of like not having the stability that I have, like freaks me the hell out. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine, like I crave stability. Yeah. Yeah. But you crave it. And it's like each one of the earth signs craves it in different ways. So like Taurus, they want things, things make them feel stable. Mm -hmm. 
if they're surrounded by their favorite items, that's what's going to make them feel like they've done it. And Tauruses, Tauruses do that through, <laughs> they either work hard for their money or they get someone else to work hard for them. For <laughs> yeah. That's what they're about. They're about possessions, right? Mm-hmm. And opulence, kind of like a Leo. That's probably why they get along so well because they're mm-hmm. very showy with what they have. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily fit that mold, but again, I don't have a lot of Taurus. I am a Taurus son, but I don't have a lot of Taurus in my chart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only my son. So, but the Virgo in me wants like everything orderly and clean and organized. And that's how we feel secure. Virgos are the fucking control freaks of the Zodiac. They need everything their way. They <laughs> have thought about it. They know the best way. And so when they're telling you how to do something, it's because they, they've figured it out. They've, they feel like they've had the answer. They got it. So because of the analytical mind, logical mind, that's how they structure their life is through controlling what they can. Yeah. That's my mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now Virgo suns and Virgo moons are different. I don't know what she is. But maybe I should have made you do her chart. <laughs> yeah. This is like, you keep talking about me on your podcast, Linda. <laughs> it's therapy, mother. It's free. She's, and I know a lot of Virgo sons, but they are very much my way or the highway critical people. And I am like that, but because it's my moon, like I have massive anxiety and that's why I need it the way I need it. It's not because I'm trying to control you. It's because I don't have control and I need it right now. <laughs> Cause I feel out of control. I, need to I control feel out it. of control. So this needs to make sense to me. That's why I like, I don't even know if you would call it like trauma clean or something like that, but like, I just get in these modes where I'm like, I have to clear everything out of my house. I have well, it's to definitely a trauma house. related issue. That's what I'm saying. Like every, it's like, okay, I get to this point where I'm not living in filth, but I can ignore certain things. Like I live with other people, right? It's not mm-hmm. going to be my, the way I would run my household 24 seven. But then I get in these places where I'm just like, hell no, I need to just like gut everything, clean it up. And I, I did it even when I was younger, I would, um, I would be like up at 11, 12 o'clock at night or whatever. And I would be cleaning my room, like deep cleaning my room taking everything out of drawers, refolding everything. Like I just needed to reset. So, Mm -hmm. but Virgo sons are when things are out of control, you would, you'll know it. You'll really, Mm -hmm. really know it because I'm putting this all on me because it's all in my own head, Mm -hmm. but Virgo sons, because again, it's what they show. You'll know it. Yeah. They're going to clamp down on you hard. Yeah. Like just don't get in the way of them. Don't do it. I've Even when it, you try and offer help, they don't want your fucking help. No, they just want you to hear them. <laughs> what, how you can help them is just shut the fuck up and do what they say. Do what I say and agree with everything <laughs> I am telling you. And if you don't, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. I love you, mom. Make them feel heard. Make them feel seen. But don't step in their way. Don't intervene at all. Nope. Nope. Even if they ask you to intervene, don't do it because you're you not going to do it the right, the right way. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it the right way. <laughs> And then you're going to be the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be, uh, or just be prepared to get chewed out. I mean, really? I've, that, I've, I've had that too. So, yeah. They're petty <laughs> Bettys, man. <laughs> A Virgo never forgets. Oh, no, no, no. Again, to, to, okay. 
Virgo and Gemini are both ruled by Mercury, right? Mm-hmm. Gemini's exhibit the the Mercury aspect by being talkers. They don't shut the fuck up. Virgos exhibit it by always being in their head, in their heads, and mm-hmm. like thinking about processes and all these things, right? They're like data processors constantly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're like, no, my way is the best way. Cause all I do is think about it. So I know you're not thinking about it as much as I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more than my mom loves more than reading a fucking manual. That's Let what I'm tell saying. You that. she it's loves like system, the manual processing. We got this Gemini's. They haven't thought about shit other than what the fuck comes out their mouth. <laughs> That's funny because my other close <laughs> friends are both Geminis. Well, good luck to you because I've dated a Gemini. Although I'm like, I wonder if he was a Cancer and I was just like wrong. Maybe he was a cuss sign because he acted more like a Cancer. He cried like a little bitch all the time. So maybe, maybe he was a Cancer and I thought he was a Gemini. I don't know, but my daughter's a Cancer and I think she's just a Cancer, like all Cancer. I, I, I know she's not, but dear God, I love her. But the mood swings I've, I've taught, I've been teaching her like emotional regulation and deep breathing yeah. when she has them. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's crazy that I do that with like a three-year-old and I'm like, they're like, how do you even get her to do it? I'm like, well, I'm a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I went to school. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tried because my daughter is a water sun, fire moon and a water rising. So there's just a lot of emotion. There isn't a lot of so much emotion. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's a lot of passion. And so is that, are we calling it passion? Oh, it's, and fiercely independent. Yeah. 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 But oh. my daughter will be like, stop talking to me. Like she, she will say like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. This is mostly at my husband. She directs it at because he's trying to talk to her when she's in these modes. And I don't try because I'm like, you're in re- your reptilian brain. I'm you're not fucking here. with that. You're not yeah. here. I'm yeah. wasting my energy and time. But um, she'll scream. She'll, she might throw something. And then I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and go to your room. Let's mm-hmm. calm it down. Mm-hmm. And when you're, and she goes through this so quickly. Yes. So quickly that, I mean, literally I give her a minute and I'm back up in her room and she's just playing. Yes. So it's like, that's what I mean by passion. It's like, it has to come out now. And then yes. it's just done. I feel like if that's what they need though, they need that break. That space yeah. is what yeah. I found out about my daughter. If I, cause this is what she does. She gets in those emotional spaces and I go, damn, this fucking cancer. She's going to kill me. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I think you need to go on timeout. And then she's like, time out. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then she grabs her little chair and she yeah. goes, puts it in the corner herself. And yep. she sits there and then I'll sit down with her and I'm just really calm. And my body yep. it, is positioning is open. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at her. I'm like, okay, let's do some breathing. And then she yeah. goes, and she does like five or six breaths with mm-hmm. me. And then it's like, it's gone. My daughter has a fox but chair before and that, she would get her fox ooh. chair and go sit in her fox. She's like, I need fox chair. Okay. Yeah. And great. I think that's great. If you're able to express that you need identify it. Exactly. And sometimes when she gets upset, I don't even say it. She just grabs a chair and goes, yeah. And I'm like, it's perfect. a coping. It's a coping tool. It's a coping skill that they're utilizing. Great. I think it's great because they're learning how to take time out for themselves and, I think a regu- being, and regulate being an earth sign. I 
when I was a teenager, yeah, I talked back to my mom or I, I had outbursts with my mom. When I was younger, I don't remember being very, um, well, that's a lie. When I was like really little, I was a brat before I had siblings. I was a brat. My mom would like wash my mouth out with soap and things like that. Like I was, a, and I would be like, no, I'm going to go. She's like, if you don't stop and wash your mouth out with soap, I'm like, I'll go get my own soap. And I would. And so like, because of that, <laughs> I'll show you, uh, there wasn't much my mom could do. Like, what's she going to do? I mean, she, you know, she did hit me, but you know, I, I didn't give her a lot of options. <laughs> it was just her like she's a single parent she had no one to bounce me to she didn't get a break it's hard being by yourself and I was running around you know not acting afraid of her so you can smell it you can smell the water all the boundaries and so I think when the one once I got older I processed everything internally no one knew what was going on Mm, yeah there was a lot of stuff going on I would go I would tell my friends I'd go to school and like literally be in tears because I couldn't hold on anymore couldn't hold it out but Mm -hmm. it just you know bubbled over like most people (laughs) good good old stuff in the feelings good job (laughs) yeah so anyway um let's see what's in your seventh house what is the seventh house seventh house is relationship and marriage oh yeah tell me what it is let me see what because i had both of our charts pulled up side by side yeah i'm curious about your chart (laughs) it's not that interesting to be honest seventh house no it's just because you're such a polarizing figure oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh seventh house fourth degree aquarius containing venus and mars okay i feel like that's appropriate yeah in that area i think so too she has a packet she did a packet everybody you can go on um deep dived it astrocafeastrology.com and you can get a free needle report if you're curious about all that it says more than anything sagittarian moons need have a need for personal freedom and space oh yeah Need for activity, meeting new people, going out in the world, travel. They love to be in open spaces, in their homes, a roomy and bright environment. No, I like dark dungeons. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Like more blackout curtains. (laughs) You have a lot of like conjunctions and trines because you have like those stelliums. So there's like things that are. Oh, okay. Trine between the moon and mid heaven. She has a strong sense of family, profound feelings, and may especially like children and animals. Yes. If there are changes in her professional life, they are most often for the better. Yes. There's a sense of forward movement, popularity with those in authority or in professional life. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. So your Mercury and Sagittarius has strong opinions and will often be eager to share them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Democrat, philosopher, tolerant, respectful of laws. Interested in foreign places and learning more languages. Mm-hmm. Believes that everything teaches you something yeah taste for intellectual games because your mercury is in the fifth house mm-hmm. sports that require skill and finesse soccer soccer yeah she is very curious about everything even in love she likes children yes tend to use your voice whether mm-hmm. written or spoken uh as a means of creative expression you can be witty and humorous an engaging communicator and a fun friend 
You love playing games, especially ones that employ your intellect. You love tricks, jokes, plays on words, and mimicry. You might be skilled at impersonations. Are you? You used to use a British accent, I know. Oh, a British accent. You can do a lot of stuff. You just, <laughs> I just have to I just have to hear it real fast and mm. then I can do it. But I, I think it's because I'm auditory, so it kind of I'm like, oh God, does she want me to do the accent? <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you, man. You're alive. I'll get like hated on or something. <laughs> so you're what is it? Where did we go that one field trip? And I was like doing one the whole like, field trip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fucking weirdo (laughs) me and asha used to go to stores like mervin's and stuff and we pretend like we were british we talked to each other the whole time (laughs) okay so venus in aquarius represents because your venus is in aquarius which is an interesting place i think so i want to go further into that venus represents an interest in emotions and values exchange and sharing with others venus and aquarius people try to impress you with their open-minded future thinking spirit they want you to see them as unique rebellious and a little proactive only a little (laughs) i like how that's tiny tiny (laughs) they are attractive when they are acting a little aloof Uh uh-huh so is that how you get the dudes you just act dumb I think that's how all females that get dudes. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, I don't pay them mind. Or if I okay. want them, I'll put my you act disinterested. Out. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, okay. I mean, like, like we, like we talked about that one episode. I never really like. I don't trace people. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, okay, cool. So I guess that makes sense. And like, if we hook up, we would hook up. But if we didn't, then okay, so yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like i don't know they want you to acknowledge and appreciate that they don't follow the beaten track in matters of the heart venus and aquarius people are attracted to unusual or unconventional relationships (laughs) they don't want to follow all the rules although they may make quite a few of their own i think you do get into unconventional relationships like i yeah yeah (laughs) i think you do just saying (laughs) um venus and aquarius wants you to love them for their intellect and to admire their visions is that all your husband does is just like oh your visions are so great no he's just very supportive (laughs) he's very supportive of anything i do okay essentially like i want to build a tower i support everything that you're doing yeah he's like you're gonna do crack oh i don't know maybe (laughs) no i'm just but i mean like if i have like or like when we were talking about starting a podcast, he's like, yeah, fucking do the podcast. Right. Or, oh, you want to write your book? Write your book. You can have time to write your book. Oh, you want to start your private practice? Yeah. Start your private practice. Whatever you need me to help you with, I'm here for So he's like, yeah, that's what he does. So it says they value lovers who are also good friends and they avoid emotional displays or confrontations like the plague. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, this is very true. I was telling Melinda about a, a fight. It wasn't a fight. It was a disagreement my husband and I had about something stupid. Someone's best movie. Uh, fucking Jim Yeah, Carrey. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And she's oh like, my you God. argue over weird things. I was like, what do you guys argue over? And she's like, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's the core piece of my relationship is like me and Joseph like debate. We debate everything. We just. Oh, you were saying debating. It wasn't debating, arguing. Yeah. It was debating. Yeah, we were like, like, what are you guys debating? Me and each like, other. We were just we debating dumb stuff. Debate? <laughs> yeah, they weren't arguing. It was debating. You guys are agreeable and we are not. Even like we bicker everywhere at like, the supermarket and people are like, oh my God, you guys are so cute because we're bickering. 
Yeah, no, like Cam and I, like we will give each other looks and like know exactly what the other person is thinking because uh-huh. we're having the same fucking thought. Uh-huh. It's weird. Or like we'll send each other like the same jokes or something like okay. we're very similar like that way. Listen to this. Oh God. Pleasing Venus and Aquarius involves letting them know just how interesting they are. Put up put up with their occasional need to act superior on an intellectual level they are very proud of their unique ideas and visions dream along with them and don't fence them in they need space and will happily return the favor giving you lots of room to breathe and to be yourself yeah that's basically our relationship okay her fate can depend on a lot a lot on partnership uh may connect this is because venus is in the seventh house that's what we were talking about right yeah may connect for love children happy emotional life harmony is most important to you so it is unlikely you will attempt to dominate a lover you are a peacemaker Mm. sometimes going (laughs) to great lengths to achieve a balanced harmonious relationship i think that that's true i think that you do want harmony yeah that's probably why you found a partner who was not like my partner (laughs) well the thing is is like i have a fiery passion cam does not yeah Cam will let me. So Cam has learned that he needs to let me escalate to a certain point mm-hmm. and not say anything mm-hmm. and not like intervene in my spiral. And then when I've come down, he says something to me <laughs> like, oh, are you, are you done? OK, so can we talk like normal people? I'm like, OK, now we can talk. But thank you for letting me express myself. <laughs> it says, be careful not to bend over backwards just to keep the peace. You may be taken advantage of. Your marriage partner may be especially attractive, charming, or well-off. You are extremely attractive, agreeable, and charming, drawing others to you magnetically. You need an unusual amount of contact and exchange with a partner and might find that you feel completely lost without one. I don't know that. But, well, I don't know. About without a partner? I don't know. I guess. No, I could have been by myself. Some of you might quickly enter into partnerships, perhaps too quickly and neither equipped nor prepared. It says some, it doesn't say all. Um, In some cases, there can be a shallow or materialistic interest in your partners. Your hips and lower back may be a special erogenous zones for you. I mean, when I twerk, I hurt my back. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Stupid. It's true though. One time I had to go to the chiropractor because of it. I I went too far. Go with you hard on the twerking. It hurt. I was trying to be funny and it ended up hurting my lower back. I like, I was messed up. Okay. Your Mars is also an Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So it can be a little difficult to understand exactly what makes a Mars and Aquarius native tick. And that's absolutely fine with them. They enjoy surprising people. The tried and true methods of getting things done are far too boring for those born with Mars in this unique and original sign. Mars and Aquarius natives often have a rather original view of the world as well. These natives are generally quite proud of their independence. They are not easily pushed around with Mars in the fixed sign. Because Aquarius is progressive and open-minded when it comes to the world at large, it can be surprising that on a personal level, Mars and Aquarius natives can be quite obstinate. If they feel boxed in, they are quite likely to rebel. If you've discovered a pattern to their ways, they'll make sure they aren't so predictable the next time around. Oh my gosh. That's freaking being seen as normal simply won't do. I feel like Cam picks up on my patterns and then I switch it up on him. He's like, this is what you always do. With Mars and the planet of energy and drive in an air sign, these individuals get off on mental and intellectual pursuits. Aquarius is a somewhat scattered sign, even though it's persevering in the long haul. 
If there's a method to their madness, it isn't always easy to see. Projects are taken on with a shotgun style approach with this position of Mars. Mars and air signs are generally quite clever at getting what they want. In Aquarius, they are particularly adept at adept at getting what they want. I feel well, like you're saying that I manipulate people, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably true. <laughs> well, they're kind of saying like you can either do it by intellect, by being clever, or by force. Um. Yeah, I do both. Yeah, I feel like force is really like where I shine in that. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> it says unlike with mars and aries or leo natives for example you won't always know you're being dominated by a mars and aquarius native nope that's why i said manipulation you also have a willingness to let others be you place a lot of value in freedom and individuality theirs and yours yeah i guess except for when you want what you want well i think it's like <laughs> uh it's how to yeah like what you said like how am i gonna obtain something that i want and then after i get it i don't give a shit so you have mars in the seventh and it says she may dominate her associates or colleagues she is the same in her love life perhaps dominating the partner and this makes for a stormy relationship Mm -hmm. or the energy of mars is met through a partner and the partner is especially active assertive and energetic i don't know i don't know what his mars is but that does kind of play a part is what they're like expression of passion and anger is well cam i can only say when when i'm high he just he just chills out until i burn myself out yeah but he doesn't get mad or it's rare that he'll get mad or scream at me or meet me with the same energy Mm -hmm. but he also doesn't like and he doesn't hold grudges so you have your jupiter and capricorn as well in the sixth house so it says Jupiter and Capricorn attracts the most good fortune when organizing and directing, conducting herself with integrity, acting ethical, and being mature. She values the long-term achievement, responsibility, and manifestation, success, resourcefulness, and avoiding activities that waste time, energy, or resources. Good at streamlining position or status is important to her. Now, for the sixth house, it says she can be quite lucky in the working world. She may sometimes lose a little in the world of business in the short term because of high principles and standards for dealing with others, but is likely to win in the long term due to these very same moral standards. She keeps, she helps the sick and underprivileged with kindness, charitable and kind. That explains a lot of my life choices. Mm. What is where where I found myself? Oh yeah. Aries. You're in Aries mid heaven. Okay. So people with an Aries midheaven may be happier working for themselves or owning their own business than having a boss. Oh my gosh. This makes so much sense considering I'm starting my own private practice. (laughs) While they excel at starting projects, they can be stubborn and sometimes lack follow through. They also tend to act impulsively, which helps them take business risks, but can also get them into trouble. Oh my gosh, Cam. That's what, you know, he literally told me, he's all like, you need to just have your private practice because you can't work for somebody because you feel like you can always do something better than somebody else. I'm like, I maybe probably he's maybe all that's your, yeah. I mean, I do say I, I do enjoy the freedom that I do have right now with it. Yeah. I think that's some people, some people really, I mean, it's hard to be a part of a system if you don't particularly like the system or the way that it's being ran i think that's what happens with like mental health in general the system is not good 
it's really bad. Um, and I feel, I don't know. So I was watching this one TikTok where I'm going to go on a tangent, but it's going to connect. I promise. Okay. And like this therapist, which she was technically kind of advertising. She shouldn't have done. Right. Mm -hmm. Was like, oh, if you want like an LGBTQA, like positive therapist, a gender affirming therapist, like blah, 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 like all kinds of therapists. Right. Right. Then, you know, she's playing that one song, then it's me or whatever that one song is. That's like, if you like, or whatever song, it's like, baby, it's perfect. Baby, I'm perfect for uh you. And then she told, she showed herself to me. That's like an advertisement. Right. Right. Cause I went to her comics cause I got a weird feeling about it. Cause I don't Mm. like that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody's like, Oh, where are you? You're like perfect for me. You're like the perfect therapist for me. And I'm like reading through these things. And then people are like, do you take this insurance? Do you take Medi-Cal? Do you take like any of this? And she, and she's writing back and she's like, oh no, I only am taking cash clients. And I'm like, wow. That's yeah, you're so, so accessible. So inclusive. Up. So inclusive. So fucked up. And I'm just like, why would you even like put that out in public? And then people were like, why would you do that? And she's like, well, I do have like in the comments, because mm-hmm. I'm deep diving, mm-hmm. I do have slots that are on a sliding scale. Well, a sliding scale sometimes is still like if you're charging 150, your sliding scale could be $80. Right. Right. That's why a lot of people use their insurance because it, it, su- it supplements it. Right. And so anyways, point being is like it made me feel icky <laughs> that she did that. And I didn't like it. Obviously, I want to say who it was who ever right. did that. But then like, then I, like you said, like I have a strong sense of like stability, what's right or blah, blah, blah. So then I started feeling like ethically, she shouldn't have done that. You got people's hopes up right. for no fucking reason. Like, and then I was thinking like, dude, that's what all therapists should be like right. anyways, right. like what she was labeling, but then to like get people's hopes up. And then in the comments, people are like, oh, I went to your website and she's like, yeah, you can book through there. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I was like, Oof, I don't know. It made me feel weird. I see some like um people in like the spiritualism, like you know, psychics or mediums or things like that. Mm-hmm. There's one girl, because I always look at what their prices are because I'm just curious. I'm like, what are they really charging? So there's this one woman, and she's really the only one I've seen that she like her it, it is a sliding scale. So She's like, I think that these things should be accessible to everyone and not just because you're not going to get insurance for like a psychic reading. <laughs> no, but like that's right? what they're saying, like accessibility. Anyway, yeah. in the area she was in is a very affluent area mm-hmm. of California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if you're offering telehealth services, those people are charging like $150, $160 right. a fucking session. Right. So you're, you're not accessible. And then people were, it was making me sad because people were like, I can't find good care because I can't afford that. And I need to use my insurance. And it's like, that's not, especially if you're a marginalized group, you're generally not wealthy because you are marginalized. So, and so it just made me feel bad because it's like now even more people won't seek out mental health because they have this idea of what a perfect therapist is, which there is none. Yeah. And this person put all this bullshit out of there technically promoting herself and her practice yeah whereas i've seen other therapists just talk about like oh like if you have this that might be a sign of adhd or like like or like you know setting boundaries like that to me is different because you're offering information yeah or like a coping skill like with the like 
the one I sent you where it's like if you feel overwhelmed with anxiety like crossing your legs crossing your arms you know like, mm-hmm, kind like of, a hug yeah mm-hmm. but that's, let's see that makes sense because you're spreading information the, this other thing was like you're doing promotion and yeah, getting no. people's helps up especially because you're like I'm not on any insurance panels you don't okay once again you don't have to take insurance panels and you're right. in an affluent area you probably won't be on one to be completely yeah. honest because you will have people that will pay for your services but still I'm not like that and I think that's my problem <laughs> it's like <laughs> don't go and do that and get people's help hope up yeah. and then you are like oh I'm perfect for you but I'm not accessible to you right like, no, I don't, I don't take insurance. I only take cash. And I start at like 150. Look, the bitch, you aren't perfect for me. Yeah. You are not you're perfect, perfect for, for a small set of the population. Yeah. I probably can afford don't. to go to a million different other people. Yeah. You're not perfect for me. So that <laughs> really type of shit. The, it the language I and the branding really bothered you. <laughs> I went on a rant because I would never. And I think it's because of populations I've worked with mm-hmm. in different environments of people with like access accessibility issues and things like that. Yeah. And having treated people and them going like, Oh, you're like one of the first therapists. Like I felt like really helped me. Like I haven't been able to like, you know, get help like this before or, or things like that. And it's just like, yeah, that's what you did. You, you brought people in for a selfish reason. So no, and then I was, then I went on tangent and like, you're a shitty therapist. I don't know this person, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, I assumed you didn't. <laughs> but I, in my head, I'm like, I would never fucking do that to somebody. Right. Like I wouldn't do that to people. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it had something to do with working. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. didn't like it. It's still like, I'm still mad about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's misleading. You, it's disingenuous, and it's it's predatory. Yes, because I I go and I read the comments, especially if it's like with people that are in my field, and it was heartbreaking to see like people being like, "Oh my god, like I've been looking for someone like you," and blah 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 blah, and then them being like, "Oh, you don't take insurance. Oh, you're only cash." And then her being like, yeah, well, I do do a sliding scale. What the fuck? Like, this shouldn't even be happening in a comment section of a fucking TikTok. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but it is. But and it I, is. And I was in it for a really long time. And then I ranted to multiple people. They were like, well, why don't you write something? I was like, I'm not writing her anything. <laughs> like, block, bitch. Block. I wanted to write in there. You're very unprofessional for doing that. Mm like for doing that and getting people's hopes up and then look at all this bullshit look at this chaos you've caused mm-hmm. sorry you guys i'm very <laughs> passionate about my clients if you don't if you can't if you're not, if you're not. <laughs> you just don't want people to be taking advantage of it makes hello sense. that was some bullshit mm-hmm. and like oh god it's just so many rules when you're in this profession of how you have to market yourself and i was just like mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. anyways this is all going back to like my issues I have apparently in my chart I mean it makes you know it it kind of gives us clarification on certain things I think learning about the most eye-opening is when I learned my moon sign and um I mean we can cut this one here and we can go into your part two okay I'm yeah. sure this is hella long so 
So we're going to end this episode here just because there's a lot of other things to kind of explore and we don't want this to be like a four hour episode. <laughs> so this is where it's going. Cause yeah. I don't know how to stop talking. <laughs> so we're going to end it here. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening. We hope that you've been enjoying our uh, other podcasts, the haunted tales from suburbia. If you have any feedback on certain topics that we've covered, please let us know. We can do more episodes. Um, we're, we're brainstorming for more bitch o'clocks and things like that. So, Oh, those were fun. Yeah. <laughs> so if you would like to email us, you can email us at tales from suburbia pod at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Instagram at tales from suburbia podcast, and we will see you in part two. Yeah. Bye. Bye.